Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right, beautiful people, you are tuned in to Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5, and I am your host, Nube Brown. We are going to get started with voices from the loved ones of the people that we are supporting inside, those elders, the our heroes from the hunger strike who were able to come together around this amazing, create this amazing document, the agreement to end hostilities and end indefinite solitary confinement. But despite everything that they have done to come together in this beautiful, powerful way, they are still being caged. And we are going to hear from the loved ones who support them and who have deep, meaningful relationships, despite the wall between them. All right, here we go. We are going to get started with Seal speaking about her friendship with Bariti. Good morning, everyone. I have the pleasure of having my friend Seal here, and she is going to be speaking about one of our mutual friends inside, um, Bariti, and she is going to uh, feel, I hope you're going to be telling us about um, about this uh, special friendship that you have uh, with our friend inside. Uh, yes, um, thank you for the opportunity. It's been such a blessing to be part of Bariti's life. And um, he's my brother, is, is a chosen family here. And I began writing him during the second, right after the second hunger strike, working up to the third hunger strike. And we speak about we're just on this journey together. So there was something bigger than us that brought us together um, that we we just know is is part of it. So it, there's just such a kindred spirit between us both of of um, of of doing this work of um, bringing light to the darkness and bringing hope in despair and if there's one thing about Bariti that's who he is um, and it's just uh, a a pleasure to be with him on this journey. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I love that you say that, and uh, I, I want to, it reminds me of uh, the phrase that he uses or that he talks about these six changes as being portals. I'm sure he's spoken to you about that, and did you want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, even at the very beginning where he was at Pelican Bay in, in uh, the shoe, um, and where we began our, our conversations. And I did have the opportunity to go up there uh, three times to visit, which was um, um, an experience. And, and the experience is uh, going through such a beautiful part of the land into uh, 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 an institution that is anything but um, the only word I can use for it is evil. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to reach in and touch uh, and him to reach out and touch. He shared with me this poem around uh, uh, the hummingbird, and I'll have to actually get it for you because I'm not going to be able to remember it. But um, 
the gist of it is that this hummingbird is in Africa and there's a big fire and the animals are running and the hummingbird, hunting, hummingbird sees the water and he's trying to encourage all the other animals to come, let's go together and put out the fire. And they're just there scared. And so the hummingbird goes and grabs a little bit of water and then goes, drops it on the fire and then goes and gets a little bit of water in the beak and drops on the fire. And for me, that's breedy. And I tell him every time I go hiking, I see a, a, a hummingbird and that he's with me. And he feels that, you know, every time I see a hummingbird, I know that it's breedy coming through one of those portals to, to be with and for us to commune outside the walls. Um, so definitely portals is part of it. Wow. That actually, that brings tears to my eyes. And I have to say, I've, I've heard it before, and it's amazing because I, I, I think you're right that Breedy comes through so uh, so deeply um, in his you know, his reaching out uh, and maintaining that sense of humanity. Um, so thank you so much for that. I wanted to ask you, um, so yes, Greedy um, is one of those um, beautiful, strong uh, people who um, unfortunately has been tortured by decades of uh, solitary confinement that has been perpetrated in the um, on him and many others by the California Department of Correction Small R Rehabilitation um, with the intent to break these people's spirits. It's very clear that they have not broken Veridi's spirit and many of the others um, despite uh, the intention. Um, but still in all, he is still caged um, they fought hard to get out of solitary confinement by working with, pushing through, and creating that portal with um, activists here on the outside. Um, and like you said, you had started with him as he was uh, moving into the, uh, the the third hunger strike. Now, did you know anything about any of this before you started um, writing, corresponding with him? So I, I was um, getting familiar with it during the second hunger strike and 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 um, doing um, you know advocacy on that part. But it was between that that um, that uh, Sharon Martinez started the uh, human rights pen pal and invited us to start writing. Um, so from the beginning, I, I that's. Um, so before the third hunger strike, I knew about the challenges, but it was through definitely my correspondence with Greedy and then living with and and through that third hunger strike with him and, and the others um, that, you know, the depth of, um, you know, it was a wake-up call. For me, you know, I, I have written a piece about the dungeons of our democracy, and that's that's definitely what that what what solitary is, um, and um, and the whole system is really but, uh, it, it designed to disappear people. And the more that we um, 
you know, speak up and um, what, what, what's happening here and now that, that their voices are heard um, and, and loved ones speak uh, about our experiences together in this journey to um, dismantle this system. Again, I can't say anything other than it's evil. <laughs> it needs to be dismantled. Yeah, I want to align with you on that. Um, evil is not uh, a word that um, I have used in my life. I I, I don't uh, don't normally view the world as good and evil, uh, but I I will align with you in this place that since I too have been doing this work, um, that is a word that I have um, been able to and with um, with a lot of consternation have to use because it's really yeah. like you it's the only word that I can come up with and yeah. uh, that's been quite quite telling um, and I, I I want to uh, thank you also for really highlighting that their voices need to uh, need to be heard because uh, I want to ask you uh, because I keep putting this out here uh, that they are the ones to teach us about humanity because they are they have been kind of forged in this fire of evil to really see what what it takes and and what really humanity is about if we have this happening on our watch do you want to say a little bit more about that because you did mention it yeah so um Brady always talks about that it's um, not about him, it's about collective. And it's about all of them. And it's, you know, that, that in my mind is um, what is the, the best of humanity when one is actually thinking of, of how to make something better for all and not just one individual. And that's what um, this is all about. That's what he's all about. That's what these brothers are all about. That's what the um, um, agreement to end all hostilities is all about. It's like um, it's time to really see the systems that are in place to dehumanize certain groups, to dehumanize people, um, and the liberation of those of of people saying no way you know and and actually really rising to um i mean think about the hunger strike and they were they were gonna die and why were they they were doing that why because they didn't want the people before them to go through what they went through um and so um one of the things that he um, he he writes. Uh, I, I'm a teacher, and so one of the things that he and I speak about all the time is uh, my students. And he talks to me and and, and um, supports me in how to connect with students so that that they feel heard and connected, so they don't go down a path and. Um, that might make them might have them end up in 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 that horrible system, and it's not because of what folks are doing 
but because of what our society is not doing. So um, he stands for something that's so spiritual in my mind. Um, and, it, it, you know, to me, that's what liberation is. It's, it's, it's connecting all humanity for, uh, for liberation, for the collective liberation of, of um, all peoples which our society doesn't do. And definitely that system is just all about money. So, Yes, well said. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, yes, Paridi, <laughs> we love you. Um, okay, so I want to bring it a little bit more current um, because we've been... Well, okay, yeah. first, yeah, we've been, uh, <laughs> we, we had a moment there also where um, we lost contact with uh, Baridi because he was put back into solitary confinement. Um, and this is during the pandemic when yeah. we went, right? So uh, for you as, um, you know, his person that would visit and um, be able to, you know, have the phone calls and the writings and things like that. How has this, uh, during this COVID time and all of, all of that uh, affected um, your, your relationship and uh, the, you know, the, the, the connection that the two of you have been able to have? Uh, yeah. So thank you for bringing me to the day. Uh, <laughs> um, so he, he had been targeted uh, twice. He and Satala, um, right when it actually seemed like they were going to be um, mo moved down a step, um, were were put back in ADSEG for some sort of reason. And now this happened again uh, just real recently with Buridi. And of course, they, they he doesn't know exactly because they don't have to tell him yet. Um, the investigation is still pertinent uh, or ongoing, I should say. And um, but it's clear to me that it's you know the uh, again I it's a segment of the system wanting to actually keep funding happening because if anyone really looked about what. Faridi is doing with his workshops, with his uh, letters through pledge to schools, through um, connecting with students. Um, it's it's all about um, making sure that others thrive, making sure that others survive, making sure that others um, um, are connected to the truth which is often uh, clouded. Um, so it's been, it's been difficult because, you know, when he was in ADSEG, there was not the ability to have a conversation. Um, he, he, we, we are able to talk by phone now when he calls. Um, COVID time has been really difficult because um, the real conversations happen during the visit. You know, I mean, the real depth conversations happen for, for the visit and now we're you know it's it's been so long um, so everything's more limited 
um, in this time of COVID. And, um, you know, they're, they're again, um, in a system which, you know, um, as, as if we think about, um, we're starting to think about vaccination. Well, that means so, something so different for folks who are inside where there's no, no trust whatsoever of the medical profession in the in the prison system, um, so it's a whole different ball game to 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 create a, a situation of whether they sh they feel safe to take or, or accept the vaccination. Um, so we're having those kinds of conversations too. It's just a different. It's it, for me. I know I'm getting the vaccination, um, but for him, he's not so sure that that's something he could trust mm -hmm. for not only this prison system but actually the medical treatment historically for um, black and brown communities of uh, um, so I mean there's we always talk about connecting the dots and so um, the dots of history to this current moment um, and so uh, if, if those dots aren't connected, then folks don't necessarily understand what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, we know that, I mean, we just talk about the Tuskegee Institute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a famous one. Um, and unfortunately, we know that uh, prisoners are experimented on. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, Seal, I wanted to just ask you one last thing, or, yeah, um, is there anything um, that uh, I haven't asked or um, created space for you to want to say? Um, have the last word, basically. So, I, I you know, I want to lift up that uh, his family in Kansas, you know, um, you know, they they want him home. Um, haven't seen him in a long time. Um, and so there is grandchildren and, and aunts and uncles that all of our brothers and sisters that are with, within this system, um, you know, family should be the first, community should be the first thing in which any, uh, you know, that should be the first priority and the irony not the irony, but the hypocrisy of CDC little r, you know, has all this verbiage about them prioritizing family and all one has to do is go visit and, and see how all the family members are treated during the visit, getting in to visit their loved ones to know that that's just a blatant lie. We just need to bring them all home. Bring them yeah. all home. We do. I mean, Baridi has been in for over 30 years now. Yeah. So Baridi and, like you said, the many hundreds of others. So thank you. Thank you for that, Seal. And I appreciate so much you sharing. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and we'll talk again. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Good morning. If you are just tuning in, this is Prison Focus Radio, and I'm your host, Nubay Brown. I was just in conversation with Seal talking about um, a dear friend and her relationship with Baridi, one of the elders who is inside, but he is a younger elder 
And uh, if you have been tuning in or know anything about the Liberate Our Caged Elders social media campaign, then you will hear me say, please call the governor, 916-445-2841, and demand that he release our elders. Baridi is one of the uh, historic hunger strikers. He, in our mind, is a hero and a political prisoner, and we want him home as well as the many others. But the reason we are not focusing on Baridi is because he and his beautiful, humble, and selfless person that he is said, I want you to focus on those that are older than I and that are in much more precarious situations, especially medically. So we have been focusing on Yafeo and Ifoma, and now we have been focusing on our friend Zah. We are going to be moving now uh, to focus on Richard Johnson. And I'm going to read to you a the beginning of a letter that he had sent to me uh, back in early December. And then I'm going to read to you a letter written to him by Yuri Kuchiyama. Greetings, Nube. Just received your missive tonight. It found one standing tall in the midst of this nonsense here at the queue, San Quentin. We remain steadfast in spite of it all. We remain determined to prevail on a, on a personal note. I'm in the process of gearing up to go back to board in March of this year, seeking to be given a date this time around. As a result, I've more or less been holding myself in check with regards to what I say relative to the struggle. For years, I've been quite outspoken about the injustice that is a standard procedure. This was used as a reason to deny my release. Long story to say the least. All right. And that is what these men and women are going through. Constant de- denial of, of their parole. June 13th, 2003. Dear Richard Wembe Johnson, just a short note from a stranger, a very old one, but who has been supporting prisoners for years and years. I read your article in a recent San Francisco Bayview newspaper. It was called Prison Sensory Deprivation. It was so well expressed that I hope you don't mind, but I duplicated several dozen to mail to prisoners or those doing prison work that they couldn't understand prison sensory deprivation from the experience and feeling of a prisoner. Whenever I see an article that I think is exemplary, I make copies and send them out where I think it might do some good. I used to send out countless materials from George Jackson's books or quotations from Malcolm X. I think or hope it can ease or inspire. From your writing, it's difficult to detect your ethnic background. You never mention it or give a hint of it anywhere in your article. But, of course, prison sensory deprivation would affect all peoples the same. I think American prisons are racist, abhorrent, despicable places solely for punishment, certainly not for rehabilitation. One of the cruelest aspects is the overly long-term aspect and the continuous harassment and guard brutality. I hope you will soon be out and be treated like a human being again. What do you think people can do to bring some bit of humanity into these hellholes and mind-destroying cages? In solidarity, Yuri Kuchiyama. Yeah. 
All right, we are now going to hear friend Steve Konofsky speak about his beautiful friendship with our beloved Za. Good morning. I have here with me Steve Konofsky, who's going to be speaking to us about our mutual friend Za, who we know as Za, and many of you in the public know him now as Michael Durow, because we have been doing, I've uh, been talking about the Deliberate Our Caged Elders social media campaign that has been focusing on um, our elders who have, uh, who are part of the historic hunger strikes, have been uh, suffering, have suffered the um, many decades of solitary confinement and now are still um, inside and we are um, demanding from the governor that uh, he release our elders. So good morning, Steve. Thank you for joining me to talk about Za. Good morning, Nubay. Thank you for inviting me to talk about this wonderful human being. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, such a pleasure. Um, I just, you know, just, um, you know, let the listeners know, um, you know, who Za is uh, to you and, you know, what your relationship is with him. Sure. Well, I've been communicating with Za for about two years now. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him through Sharon Martinez and her amazing work with Human Rights Pen Pals. So when she told me about the program, I was immediately interested and um, said that she had somebody in mind that she thought would be a good match for me. So we've had a just a wonderful, deep, personal connection now for just Two, about two years, and we, you know, corresponded uh, by letter for quite some time, um, um, about, you know, about six or so months, and then I had the opportunity to visit with him, uh, including with you, Bay, at one point, um, mm-hmm. at uh, my very first visit with Zab, you know, about a year and a half ago. We, had, we spent about four hours together. And it was just an amazing visit. I, I We just really hit it off right away. And it's very rare that I have a chance to spend four hours with anyone in, in, in a deep, <laughs> deep way. I'm a therapist and I, I you know, I'm about an hour with, with my clients, but to have four hours just to really get to know one another. And, you know, I immediately saw his humanity, his, his, his just his thoughtfulness. He's, he's obviously very intelligent and, just reflected a lot on his own life, how he got to be in the place that he is, on all the systems of oppression that have gotten him where he is, and and so many others, and uh, and uh, so we just I just felt such a strong connection, and um, and and you know again just seeing his wisdom, his his you know knowledge, his his mentoring of of younger. Uh, incarcerated folks, what he had learned about how to survive under the most horrendous of circumstances. So uh, I just, you know, just incredible admiration for his spirit, right, to be, uh, to get where he's been over 30 years in solitary confinement. It's just beyond comprehension that that could happen to any human being and, and that his spirit could survive, right? So I've learned as much from him and about coping under hard circumstances as 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 from anyone really. So so yeah, uh, that's a, a an overview, and I'm, I'm happy to elaborate on any of that. Beautiful. Well, um, how long did did you uh, correspond through mail before you got a chance to actually visit 
inside. Yeah, I think it was about six months or so. Um, um, yeah, very long, deep, deep letters, right? Where we we got to know each other personally, shared our personal stories together, and then, yeah, it was about six months later. I had that individual visit, then, and, and then I actually visited with you and Sharon, and uh, had the the wonderful opportunity to meet Clyde Jackson as well, uh, one of. Zah's good friends um, at CDC Solano, and and so yeah, then um, we uh, um, yeah, so then I, so I had the two visits there, and then I, I I had three subsequent visits with him. Unfortunately, he was placed in ad seg um, for really unfortunate reasons, uh, and uh, in fact, you and I had a visit with with. Uh, was uh, uh, at CDC Solano, and then I visited him two other times when he was at New Folsom in ADSEG, and just, oh gosh, it was just so agonizing to see this wonderful human being and back in solitary right again after being in the open population again. It was just unbearable to, to see him and have to talk behind glass and just see the the dehumanization that occurs, you know, in, in ADSEG, and it was just agonizing. Thank goodness he's He's no longer there. He's, you know, now at SADF and and back in open population. And sadly, because, you know, COVID and uh, I haven't been able to see him for quite some time, but we still correspond quite regularly, I would say two or three times a week. Um, uh, he has a tablet now, uh, fortunately, so uh, we're, we're able to communicate pretty regularly and, and with the occasional phone calls as well. So yeah, yeah, it's been a very rich and meaningful relationship. Uh, yes, thank you for that. And those words, you know, rich and meaningful, um, I think is something that um, it, it, I, I'm glad you're saying that because again, you know, so much of the work that we're trying to do right is about. Not changing the narrative and shifting the, the narrative on who mm-hmm. is inside and who they are, and mm-hmm. you speak of the you know you've mentioned humanity and um again you know the depth of of your conversations and mm-hmm. um you know Zaz also a really good writer um so yes. uh, you know and do you feel like i and I hear you saying how much he in, in, inspires you and uh would you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, he is an amazing writer. I, I just read the wonderful um, article that he had in the Bayview, actually, and just mm-hmm. so thoughtful, reflective, and so many levels. But yeah, I mean, again, just um, I, I think you know, I, I've been thinking about how we're all struggling with you know. Um, with the COVID virus and, and, and being so isolated, you know, how so many of my clients are struggling with that and how I've been struggling with that. And, and, and yet thinking of how someone could be isolated with little human contact for 30 years, the, the, you know, that's the worst thing we can do to human beings is to isolate them. You know, unbearable aloneness is the, is the key to trauma. And all all the work that I do, it's the key of feeling suffering and have, and being alone with it and having nowhere to go with it. It's just 
without human contact, it, it just we 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 circle downward inevitably. And the fact that he was able to get through thir- over 30 years of torture, torture, and, and come out with his humanity, and and to be a kind person, to still be kind, to be you know, uh, he. I've had my own challenges over the two years. I lost my mom. I lost a dear cousin very right after. And he was just so kind to me and caring and always asking how I'm doing and, 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 you know, sharing his own experiences of loss. But, um, just feeling, you know, that, that he still cares that he didn't harden that he, that his heart is still open. Uh, it's just so inspiring to me, uh, and, and, and so much that I can learn and that any of us can learn about coping under the most horrendous of circumstances. We have so, so much to learn from Saw and others who've been, been, been caged for all these years about resilience, about how to survive when, when all forces tell us that that we're worthless right because that's mm-hmm. the whole system is to reinforce worthless you don't matter you don't count you're not important you're bad you're shameful and then to to you know obviously that takes a toll and and he has suffered as have all who've been placed in cages and in in um but uh he has also resisted he's been resilient and um and he developed relationships Right, you know, uh, when he could in, in, um, uh, when he was in solitary and, and that was part of the survival, obviously, you know, the, whatever relationships he could develop and this, you know, the solidarity that developed there again as a hunger striker and, um, and, and the work that happened there to help transform that horrendous system, uh, to, you know, to get, get those folks out of that, that nightmare. So, um, so he did, obviously he did turn to others when he could and, and that solidarity, I think helped. So the lessons of, 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 of using relationships when they're available, certainly he turned to prayer. That's been very meaningful for him. He did study. He studied about systems of oppression, racism, patriarchy, sexism, you know, and we've had very meaningful conversations about, about those systems too and how we're all impacted by them. Everyone, right? Uh, and especially us white folks, right? And so just sort of working together, right? Helping me be aware of my own complicity with white supremacy, with patriarchy. So it's it's helped me do my own inner work uh, and inspired me to kind of look at how I've been impacted similarly by these awful systems that have disproportionate impact clearly on people of color. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And um, that, of course, would, would wants to bring me to one last thing, and that is that here is a person who is being caged um, and yet without his freedom, was without, um, even though he is still working on his path to liberation, uh, which uh, we are in um, collaboration with, including you, mm-hmm. uh, for him to have his his liberation in that space he is um he is building up his humanity he is building up Mm -hmm. his um his um inner uh spiritual development and his Mm self-reflection and becoming and really is an enlightened human being and we out here are free to act 
in violent ways and and yeah. to act without any accountability and I they say we in terms of the general public as you can yeah. see out here a, a lot of the ways people are are behaving um in their free world space mm-hmm. and I'm saying all of this to also remind the public that doesn't know that za is serving uh or are suffering a life without parole sentence so here is a person who is clearly uh, growing and has made personal transformations on his own accord and is being told that he doesn't get a second chance. He doesn't get a chance to actually use that that, that he has gained mm-hmm. to bring to our communities, uh, which is what we need. Would you like to comment on that? Yeah, I, I well said, Nube. It's a sad loss, as I've been trying to communicate. He has so much wisdom to impart to all of us about resilience, about how how to get through hard times, um, and 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 stay human and stay humane, and to teach others, or again around dealing with conflict. Because being in the cages is not easy. It's traumatizing. There's conflict and. He's learned how to manage that and, and, you know, how to, how to help others deal with conflict. So he's got so much to teach, so much to teach us all about surviving and thriving in the most horrendous of circumstances. And what a horrible loss, horrible loss for him and for all of us. Mm-hmm. We have so much to learn from these folks who, who have managed to survive and, 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 and just you know, become more human, right? More human and more caring, more thoughtful and what really matters in life and to analyze the systems that have gotten them there and to reflect on it. So the wisdom that's lost is is just horrible. And and I'm so glad you're doing this amazing work and that we get to humanize these these people and, and, and realize what we all have to benefit from their liberation. Thank you, Ed, and thank you to you too, Steve, because it's these uh, it's these connections uh, that 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 need to happen, right? Uh, just being able to be a friend, mm-hmm. uh, being able to be an advocate and a supporter um, is so important. It's important for all of us, and it's important for them as well. Yes. It's, there's there's no difference. We are we are tearing down those walls. <laughs> so yes, yeah. thank you so much for your work, Steve, too. Um and you would um would you like people to get in touch with you or write to you? Um if you do, you can uh um you can give out your information. Sure. Um, if, okay, I'd be happy beautiful. to if people would like to talk about any of my experiences or ask more questions, please feel free. Um, you could reach me at Steve. Uh, should I just give my email here? Maybe that's the simplest. Uh, okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's Steve Kanofsky, S-T-E-V-E, Kanofsky, K-A-N-O-F-S-K-Y, at gmail.com. And please feel free to be in touch with me and uh, um, I'm, again, happy to talk more about ZA or, or, or you know, any other aspects of what I've shared today. And uh, I certainly want to invite others to, to to join this amazing, important work. It's again, it's life affirming and transformative for 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 me and us just as much as it is for uh, for Zah and others we're working with. So we all gain from this important work. 
Indeed. Well said. Thank you so much, Steve, and uh, hope we will talk again soon. I hope so, Nube. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You too. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Great to talk to you, too. How are you? Tell me how you okay. are. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I went to work today, and um, it was a hot day outside, and I hadn't worked out in about three days. So I promised myself that I would go out, and um, we went out at 12. So I promised myself that it was a buddy of mine here, and I'd go work out with him just, just to start the weekend. I mean, to start the week off on the right track. So I was able to get a nice little workout in, and I'm waiting um as soon as I get to talking to you, I'm going to do some legal typing that I have to do to some innocence projects to try to get um, um, some feedback from them on the case and everything. Fantastic. Oh, that's so good to hear. Okay, so, yeah. and then you're going to be, so with the innocence project, are you, is, uh, is, is this, you've already been communicating with them, is that right? Well, I've, I've been communicating with, like, the Loyola Law School and um, Innocence Project in San Diego, California. Uh-huh. Uh, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I was able to get access to um, a resource guide um, from one of the guys here. And I haven't seen one in quite a while, but there were about maybe three or four pages devoted to um, Innocence Projects. And I've seen about four or five of those Innocence Projects in there. And I plan on writing to them. I'm uh, trying to get out a couple of letters tonight, and over the course of the week, I'll try to get about four or five letters out uh, with a packet that um, details the circumstances of my case and everything. I'll try to get all of that. Not try to. I will get uh, something typed up for about four or five of those groups there. I mean, this will be the first time that I'm writing to them. Is there anything that we can do out here to, to you know, help support that, support you in that? Well, I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the things that a guy and I was talking about earlier today, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you look at um, the, 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 the movement, it's so many different issues that are really important that have everything to do with, like, the creation of a just and humane society. Right. Um, like, crim with, um, criminal just changes in the criminal justice system being one of those things right there. And so there used to be a time within the movement where just say, like, hundreds of thousands of people, like, um, when you look at the news today, um, it's, it's really common. It's just typical to see a, a story about somebody being released from prison after uh, serving X amount of decades in prison for a wrongful conviction. There's nothing unusual about that anymore. Um, it's just part of this, the news story that's being told like everything else. The difference today is there used to be a time that when if something like this was happening just say back in the 1960s or part of the early 70s, there would literally be hundreds of thousands of people taken to the streets and demanding that changes be made. I, you know, and I know how um, impossible this might sound, but I think part of the problem is is that when you fight an injustice, um, particularly. Um, as it relates to these kinds of issues, it's almost like you need the whole country or a, a large section of the country behind those efforts right there. Um, people power actually makes it possible um, for these issues to be heard. There's, there's something about people power that resonates to the extent, uh, whether politicians or policymakers or law enforcement people, whether they want to or not, they have to listen 
when voices become so loud that the voices sound like uh, a herd of buffalo um, rumbling across the plains, you know, or something like that there. That's how loud the, um, the, the, the rumbling is. And I think that's the kind of noise that we have to make. But again, I think the challenge tends to be that there is literally this fight by people like yourself to actually create the kind of society where we won't have to have conversations like this about issues like this in the future. And unfortunately, you all are fighting from this position. It's not a position of strength right now. Um, there was a time when, you know, progressives or revolutionary progressives, they dropped the ball. They literally stopped struggling. And they stopped struggling for a number of years. And in the process of that, of doing that right there, uh, capitalist powers simply re-entrenched themselves um, in an already almost unshakably strong position. So um, now that you all are taking up the mantle of struggling, to create the kind of society where humanity and the human potential of everybody is respected, you are literally having to make up for all of those years where there was simply that that kind of struggle simply was not taking place. And so it's been kind of like put you maybe 10 or 15 years behind um, people that's in positions of power. And we, we play catch up now. We literally have to play catch up. Um, to create this kind of um, even playing field. Um, because a lot of the things that we talk about today um, as it relates to criminal justice reform and things like that right there, um, that agenda is still being set by people in positions of power. You know, it's almost like um, they have to figure out a way, well, we're willing to do this right here, but we have to be, we have to be able to make money off of it in order to do it. And we have to be the ones that, that make the rules. Whatever the rules are um, with these changes, we have to be the ones to make that to make those rules up, and that simply can't can't continue to happen because the rules are always going to be written up in a way that favors them and that continues to oppress um, people. I think in a capitalist society, and it's not just a capitalist society, but it's a capitalist, sexist, misogynistic, racist, homophobic anti-youth, uh, religious intolerant society that we live in. And the hierarchy that's established in this country, um, there are actually groups of people in this country who were never made to feel unwelcome. For sure, women are only made to feel welcome in this country when they are willing to subordinate themselves to men. And so as long as there are people in positions of power who think like that, like, it'll never change, and we'll always be, it's just, it'll just be this recycling of that battle that we're fighting over and over and over and over again, and that's what tends to happen when we operate from this position where we are playing, we're playing catch-up now. And so the, the, the playing field is starting to even now. My hope is, is that um, the pandemic that's taking place out there right now, and even in here, the pandemic that's taken place actually should allow us to see that irrespective of, of the things that we think make us different, the one thing that we all have in common with each other is that this could, this could happen to any one of us. 
Um, and we are all, when it does happen, we are all subject to the same identical anxieties, um, confusions, um, fears um, that everybody has. And, like, we really do need to use this as an opportunity to just to treat each other better. Um, it's, it's really not hard to do. Um, and so that's my real hope is, is that the minute that we can actually start to think in terms of treating each other better, treating each other kinder, um, from that point on, people will start to see the things that they have in common with each other. And that's what we need. That's really the kind of, um, that's, that's the kind of thing that we need to actually create right there. Something that will make it possible for us to see all of the things that we have in common with each other. The things that we have in common with each other are the things that all, all human beings have in common with each other. And the things that we think make us different are things that we've been taught to think make us different. That, that there are not things of our own making or nothing like that right there. So my hope is, is that, you know, like out of this tragedy, will it at least, like, like come, not necessarily this thing where we love each other, that is, we love the sight of each other, but at least we'll love enough to be able to see that um, everybody has a right to exist, everybody has a right to live, everybody has a right to fulfill their potential, and we all have a responsibility to create the kind of like world, the kind of society that makes it possible for those potentialities to be realized. That's my hope right there. Oh, thank you for that. That really is such a beautiful recipe for living. We, we need this out here. Are we going to take this opportunity? Can we have courageous hearts? Can we, can oh, we ask sure. in yes. shared humanity yes. and absolutely. revolutionary love? I mean, you're saying that like it's absolutely yes. possible, but we do have to be courageous. We have to, yeah, that's true. Uh, this really that's is true. our fight for our humanity. We have to, uh, our shared humanity, you. right? And, yeah. and again, though, what's amazing to me is listening to you. Like I see it all the time out here. In so many instances, your voices, the humans behind the wall, right, are are telling us and speaking so eloquently about that shared humanity. Like, you are the beacon. Your voices are so important at this time because you are living this experience of what you're talking about, those years that we have lost. I mean... This is the country that we live in. It is built on slavery and genocide and rape and land theft. That is our country. The way that it looks now is not by accident, right? right? That's true. true. But the power of the people, we have to be courageous and responsible enough. Like you said, I just want to reiterate this and thank you so much for saying it because we have to be those community members and we have it. That's true. That's absolutely true. And it, it has to be done for, for, in particular, it has to be done because it's the right thing to do. All, all we are really doing, all you all are really doing, is the right thing. This has to be done because the, the way that we live in, it's not sustainable. We simply cannot continue to abuse each other and think that we can sustain a world in which like, people just abuse each other. That's not a sustainable world right there. So, I mean, 
and it's, 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 it is changing, and it's changing because of people like yourself. Um, I can't tell you how much you all are reflections of Angela Davis, Asada Shakur, you know, Marilyn Buck. You know, I mean, you all are them. You all are, are this generation. You have 60 seconds remaining. This genera generation's versions of some of the greatest, like, voices that this country has ever produced. The Sonia Sanchez's, the Nicky Giovanni's, you know. And it, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And it, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me. It really is. Now, they said 60 seconds, so I don't want to come off before I, I tell you. Like, it, it, it is absolutely a privilege to always talk to you. And if I can get back on the phone, I'll try to call later, okay? Oh, I would love that. And back at you, understand, okay. too. We got love for you, Zah. Love you so That's much. Good. Thank you. That's absolutely good. Thank you, too, sis. You take care of yourself and keep your spirits up and be strong. All right, beautiful people. That is our show. Stay strong. Act in humanity. Help us get our caged elders home. Call the governor. Demand their release. 916-445-2841. Also, visit tinyurl.com slash liberate caged voices, all one word, and prisons.org and sfbayview.com. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.